Hi, this is Tony Enzer, President and General Manager of your Amarillo Sod Poodles, and you're listening to Tom Talks Baseball. And welcome back. Another edition of the Tom Talks Baseball podcast. You can find us on KGNCnewsnow.com, 1009.com, 1009theeagle.com. A lot of other places, too. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, where else? We're all over the place. So we're starting to starting to get all over the place, which is a pretty awesome. And so you can find us all sorts of places. Of course, by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter at TomTalksBBP. That's a great way to get to us, too. Hopefully you're having a great Thursday. I'm Tom Young. I'm David Lovejoy. And we're doing Facebook Live again. Thank you guys uh, for checking us out today. And first of all, can we talk about how it is October 24th in Amarillo, Texas, and it is flipping snowing? Well, that's not uncommon. I grew up when uh, it got cold the first of uh, October around here, so it's, it's just kind of, I like it. I like cold weather, so I mean, uh, it's cool to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but you know uh, the, the the temperatures in the area has changed over the years. When I was a kid, it was not uncommon to get freezing cold in October. So uh, I guess we're going back to a renaissance period. So I don't mind it. I guess this is uh, my ignorant self, you know, thinking when I'm moving here from East Central Illinois, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get away from snow. I'm not going to see this stuff anymore. And then the the first month... Uh, we lived here was when we had that uh, that blizzard. crazy blizzard of 2013. The blizzard with like the foot and a half and all that <laughs> and all that stuff. And so it's like all my friends back home were making fun of me. It's like, hey, you thought you got away from that, didn't you? But uh, but not so much. No, sir. You're in the coldest part of Texas, my friend. Well, despite the fact that we got snow, uh, there's still plenty of baseball mm-hmm. going on. A lot sir. of a lot of great baseball uh, news to talk about. We're going to try to keep this under an hour today. Yeah, we're going to try to because uh, we could go on for a while. For two days. Yeah, but we're going to. Start locally here. We are on Facebook Live, so glad for all you guys that can join us today. Uh, big press conference held yesterday at Hodgetown. Mm-hmm. Kind of found out about this on Tuesday. Yes, and so David and I went out, went down there as usual because uh, why not? It's it's fun hanging out at Hodgetown. And uh, Tony Enzer made the announcement that the Texas League All Star Game is going to be here next year, June twenty third. Of 2020, so the great momentum that we developed in 2019, carrying over already the 2020, David. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, that's a great thing, and we knew it was coming. Tony even said yesterday that they had debated about trying to bring it here last year, but the guys decided, hey, this is our first season, we got to make sure everything's running smooth, so put it off, and so now the best. The cream of the cream. Uh, <laughs> the cream it, of the cream. The cream of the cream. <laughs> the, t- the cream de la creme is what I meant to say, but I didn't want to come off as a... Well, yeah, um, you're right. But, uh, <laughs> as an elitist, but uh, uh, the top players will be here in Amarillo, Texas. Double-A baseball, that's where a lot of stars are. It's funny how double-A, how triple-A are now. I used to, triple-A was, oh, I'm that close to the show. Now triple-A is sort of like a transitional league. Uh, you're either going up or you're going down. You might need to get some work there, whatever. But the players, the players that have the huge potential to go to that next level come from double-A. And you see that jump all the time now from double-A to the major. So you're going to see some excellent baseball, not just from our guys here locally, the Sod Poodles, but every player that's a star in the Texas League. It's going to be phenomenal, plus a home run contest and the yep. whole nine yards. So we're going to have all of that. Also yesterday, uh, they unveiled the 2020 schedule. Uh, the season opens up on April 9th mm-hmm. against the Arkansas Travelers. The and then the home schedule opens up April 16th mm-hmm. against those same yeah. Arkansas Travelers. And the cool thing is uh, we learned about some of the uh, important holidays. The team's going to be at home. So we can celebrate the holiday at Hodgetown again mm-hmm. this year like we were able to do last year. And uh, the cool thing was after the press conference, uh, David and I had a chance to pull Tony aside and we right. chatted with him for a few minutes about the announcement and about some other things. Let's hear what he had to say. Hanging out at Hodgetown today, got Tony Inzer, president and GM of the Amarillo Sob Poodles. A big announcement here on this Wednesday. We got an all-star game coming here to Hodgetown next year, don't we? We do. Uh, in June 23rd of 2020, the all-star game, the 
the the biggest, best talent the Texas League has to offer, the best talent that the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Royals, the Rangers, the Astros, uh, our, our, our San Diego Padres, the best talent all these teams have is going to be under one roof here at Hodgetown in June of 2020, and we're so proud to bring it to uh, Amarillo. Championship season, now this. <laughs> Building on your momentum, announcing the schedule this week. Uh, are you excited for the new season? Oh, I, I was excited. I was ready for the new season. My mind was ready for the new season, you know, right at mid-September, right after we won this thing. My body now is not ready for the new season for at least a month or so. But, yeah, no, we're we're all jacked up. We're all excited to release a schedule. That makes it real. That means the clock is now started. Uh, and, and really what we're most proud of is, you know, we, we know last year was a storybook year. I mean, we all know that. It's, it couldn't have gone any better. So we've been planning this uh, all-star game and these festivities and different things for several months now because we know that we want to make 2020 uh, an even bigger and better year than 19 in our inaugural season. And, and this is just one of the things that we're going to be doing to make that happen and to bring the something that's the scale, the scope, and the size of an all-star game and really put Amarillo, uh, Texas center stage and the Texas League in midsummer. Uh, that's perfect for us and it's going to be great for our fans. One thing that I like that you're saying about this new 2020 schedule is you worry about some of those big holidays, those big dates, because there's like a 50-50 shot that you're going to host them. Yeah. But we're going to be hosting some games on some of those big holidays again, aren't we? Yeah, so so kids, get ready for Father's Day. We've got uh, Father's Day uh, here at home. We've got Mother's Day here at home. We've got uh, July 4th, Labor Day, as well as Memorial Weekend. Not Memorial Day, but Memorial Weekend. And we, of course, open up on April 16th, uh, a big uh, homestand to open up. Uh, in April, and you know the way our fans respond, you know whether it's holidays, where it's not. I mean, we, we have literally the best fans in the country. So whether I, I know we're going to have great success because of the holidays, and and fans want to come out and celebrate with their family here and and make those special memories at Hodgetown. But uh, I just love the way our fans come every single game. Well, one final thing here, of course, at the All Star Game, you got the festivities, which you don't know a whole lot about yet, home run derby and things like that. Uh, early odds of the home run derby record being broken at Hodgetown next year if the wind's blowing out of the southwest. <laughs> it all depends. You know, we might get Lovejoy out there and, hey, there and see uh, see if he can, and can go over uh, bar 352. But, no, I, I think we're going to have some special plans, you know, with uh, regards to the All-Star Game and, of course, the uh, Home Run Derby and different things, uh, the festivities that we're going to be doing. I think it's going to be something that is going to be very memorable for people, and you'll remember those players that you came and saw in that All-Star Game. You'll have photos, autographs, different things of that nature. So we'll, we've got a lot of planning to do, but uh, we're excited to be bringing it here. Tony, this speaks to the quality of the organization you put here, the people you put in place, that in the second year of Texas, you said, yeah, you guys are ready. Tell us a little bit about your team and, and how hard they work on their importance. Well, by, by, you know, we talked about this early on. We, I brought in uh, our team by front office staff. Is That's the team you're referring to. There's the team on the field and the team up in the front office, but you know, our, our front office staff uh, works tirelessly. I mean, they literally came from all over the country uh, when we first uh, built this thing and put this organization together to make Amarillo the best minor league franchise in the country. That's our culture. That's what we strive for every single day. That's whether it was last year, this year, or five years down the road, it's going to be the same culture. It's going to be the same strive for greatness. And, and I couldn't be more proud of the people that, that make all this happen. We have we have literally all-star front office staff in every position, and, and I'm very fortunate to be able to have that and to be able to run that organization. Well, 2019 was an amazing year. 2020 shaping up to be a pretty good one, it looks like. Big news with the All-Star announcement uh, for next year, June 23rd, All-Star game in Hodgetown. Tony Inzer, President and GM, thanks for your time today. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. So there it is, President and GM of the Side Poodles, uh, Tony Enzer, uh, chatting Great with guy. us after that press conference. It's going to be a fun time again at Hodgetown. And once again, I just can't wait. You know, I feel like it just ended, but I'm, I'm ready for it again. I'm ready to get things mm-hmm. going here in uh, 2020. And a lot of teams are looking to get things going in 2020 because, you know, all but two are not playing right now. And uh, one of them is the Cubs, and it looks yeah. like it just became official about an hour or so before uh, we came on with the podcast. But David Ross mm-hmm. is going to be the next Cubs manager. He was a finalist with Joe Espada. And uh, I think that he's got like a three-year deal, an option for 2023. 
And uh, just real quick, David, you're a Cubs fan. Uh, just what are your thoughts on the, the Cubs landing David Ross, a guy that they know he was on that World yeah. Series team as yeah. a player? Yeah. Just your thoughts on that. You know, the trend has been, and really in a lot of sports, this trend has been going on. Instead of rehashing a guy who's been around the league for 10, 15 years or going to get a so-called baseball guy, uh, you're seeing a lot of guys first time managing uh, getting that chance in the bigs. You got Boone in New York who came up that way. And now you've got uh, uh, Ross, who was a player, transitioned to the booth. Uh, some people say, well, okay, that's more of a player manager. It's like Aaron uh, Boone handles the Yankees. They have a great camaraderie on that team. Those players know he, he has their back. Uh, the Cubs, even with David Ross, the Cubs have some holes they need to address. Uh, that bullpen was deadly this year for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, some spot hitting. I don't know if uh, uh, Hayward is going to be there next year. Uh, but but pitching, bullpen pitching especially, is a urgent need the Cubs need to address. I don't care if you brought back, uh, you know, uh, Connie Mack. Uh, to, if you don't have anybody and shut somebody out for about three or four innings, you're out of luck. So that's the issue the Cubs really need to address. And I, I think Ross will be a great fit. I think he, he's a baseball guy. He loves the game. Uh, I, I, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. There is one thing I am concerned about. And it's not the thing that everyone else is concerned about, and you touched on it a bit, the whole experience thing. I yeah. think this is getting overplayed, overmentioned, because Aaron Boone had no experience, and he butchered the English language on the ESPN broadcast. Uh-huh. So it doesn't matter. The guy, the guy, obviously, he's a ball guy, he's a baseball guy. He, he went in there with a team of good players, and they played to the highest level that they could play at. And this year, they were very good. Once again, despite all the injuries, he might get manager of the year. Uh, the thing that I worry about is the whole buddy buddy nature that may be there with David Ross, and uh, I think this is a a team that needs I don't want to say discipline. That's not the right word, but th- I think they need someone to be in charge mm-hmm. and to hold them accountable uh, for for various things. If you don't hustle to first base. Uh, if things are going poorly, is David Ross going to be able to take charge of a clubhouse if if something uh, happens? You know, uh, if if an Addison Russell is back in after all of his off the field issues, is the clubhouse going to stay together? Things like that. We know he's very good friends with Anthony Rizzo. Uh, we know that he's got the respect of the players. There's no doubt about that. But is he going to be able to make the hard decisions? Um, now, a lot of Cub fans were not a fan of Joe Madden's decision-making. So if that's the case, I'm sure David Ross in your mind is better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but time will tell. It's definitely a guy that I think they're going to want to play for. But over the course of the season, uh, how are things – when they hit that first rough stretch, it's going to happen. Is he going to be able to find a way to help get the team out of it? We shall see, but the Cubs have confidence in him, uh, giving him a uh, a three-year deal, an option for the 2023. And then we're hearing this morning as well, David, uh, no official word yet, but a source is saying that the Phillies have found their next manager, and it looks like it's going to be Joe Girardi, a guy that I think a lot of Cub fans want. That's what they thought. You yeah. know, they yeah, wanted to go exactly from one Joe to another. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so Joe yeah. Girardi looks like he's going to be the next Phillies <laughs> manager. And, and what do you think? Good fit? Bad fit? You know, he's been out of ball for a while. He's got a great reputation. Maybe suffered from a little burnout after his last job, but he had one of the toughest jobs in the world. That's a tough job. Any manager who steps in, that's like playing Cowboys for a uh, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a job you're going to get drilled and grilled on in New York City. He's had time away. He's coming back to the game. It should be interesting. Philadelphia, uh, they, they have some pieces. They got the talent. They yeah. got the talent. But, but you know, and we talked about this last week. If we brought up this issue, well, I bet you Bryce Harper feels bad because he didn't stick with Washington. Well, I don't think this team as we see it in Washington would be the same team if Bryce Harper was still there because by allowing him to go to Philly, that opened up options for them to get more players, different players, and that's what built this team. So he's got he's got a tough job, plus Philly's a tough gig too. New York's pressure, but Philly, they'll boo you day one. They don't care. So he, he's got a tough job. He's got the tools. Let's see if he can fire them up. Well, and you got two very tough teams in that division you're dealing with. Of course, the Nationals. I mean, they're a World Series team. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Rendon. That's the big question mark for them. 
uh, Strasburg as well. So they do got some question marks, but they're able to bring those guys back. That's still a really good team. Yeah. The Braves are a really yeah. good team. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they're the ones that won the division yeah. uh, this year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was it, my pick. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough division to play in. The Mets are a good team as well. You know, they're, they're not a playoff team, but they definitely have guys that can give you fits when you go against them. So it's it's going to be a tough to compete on a regular basis in that division. But Philly does have the talent. Gabe Kapler just didn't work. Had some questionable uh, managing decisions. Uh, struggled with the whole analytics thing. I think he was uh, one of the worst managers when it came to shifting the defense. You know, it ended up creating more openings instead of plugging holes. You know, which is you know not the point of the whole shifting thing. Right. And and Joe Girardi, of course, has success. I, I think he embraces some of the the newer thoughts of right. baseball as well. The analytical uh, side, along with the old school. I'm going to be tough if I need to be. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think he could be a good fit. And we'll see what happens, of course, who you're going to get in the offseason to, right. to fill out the rest of that roster is right. a big thing. Uh, World Series real quick. Of course, that's going on mm-hmm. at the time we're doing this. We're doing this on a Thursday. So it's 2-0 right now, Nationals. And my goodness, this team is on fire. Did you know in their last 20 games, they are 18-2? and Yeah, yeah, they've had a great streak They, they finished the regular season with eight in a row. And in the postseason, they're ten and two. They just lost the two games against the Dodgers. They swept St. Louis out of you know the year. Yeah, yeah they rolled them out. And, and now they went against Cole and Verlander, the the two of the best pitchers in the league this season, in their own ballpark, and took them out. You know, and just an incredible display of offense. Uh, by the Nationals, great pitching by Scherzer and Strasburg. You know, the pitch counts went up, right. but when they needed right. to get outs, they yeah. got outs. They and got it's outs. kind of been a thing with the Astros. They're struggling a little bit with runners on base this yeah. postseason. Yeah. Uh, they've been able to bail out because of the great pitching by Cole and Verlander. And, and the Astros haven't been hitting the ball really since uh, mid to late August. They've had some issues hitting the ball. Uh, like you said, they were uh, buoyed by such great pitching. The thing that shocked me most about this series so far is Houston was supposed to have the superior bullpen, and that's not proving so. And we always crushed, had, yeah, man. we all had a question mark on Washington's bullpen, uh, and man, they have been non-existent. They have been non-existent. Uh, that was a tight ball game last night, uh, and then boom, the floodgates open. Another thing that is uncharacteristic of the Astros. Is they're running themselves and doing silly stuff at the plate, not pushing runners over? I don't see why Altuve was trying to steal third. That made no sense yeah, to me. You're already in scoring position. Yes, and it's the first yeah, inning. It's the first inning, yeah. That, that, that screams of desperation, and I worry. You know, So we go to Washington. We'll see what happens. Uh, the, maybe the saving grace will be game four because the way it lines out, and if they follow true to form like they did in the last series, It'll be pitching by committee by both teams uh, in Game 4. So we'll have to see. Will they try to push one of their starters up in in the rotation to get Game 4? Do you go with a Cole or a Verlander again in Game 4? Because this is your last shot if you're well, down 3-0. It'd be Cole because yeah, Verlander Cole, just pitched. He just pitched, yeah. Uh, we, we know Grinky's going Game Grinke's 3 going because three. they got that 1-2-3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I find interesting, and maybe because they used him, and uh, you know, Dave Martinez has a little flexibility here yeah. with Patrick Corbin. Yeah. Because I think the thought would be, oh, Corbin's going to go against Grinky, but he's not. They're going to go with Sanchez Game yeah. 3. Yeah. And we'll see how they decide to use Corbin. Maybe yeah. he'll come out of the bullpen in Game right. 3, depending on the situation. Maybe yeah. you don't need him in Game 3, so he starts Game 4. Yeah. Uh, but Dave Martinez has a little flexibility here, and he's he's done a good job with the bullpen. Yes, that was yes. one of the worst in baseball. I think we said on Tuesday, 29th in baseball, this bullpen was terrible. Yeah. But uh, outside of, you know, Doolittle and Hudson, he hasn't really trusted anyone else, so he's, right. he threw Corbin in there. He's used Scherzer a time out of the pen. And uh, it's been working. And then what it all comes down it. to is they're scoring 12 runs off of uh, Verlander and company. They're scoring five off Cole and company. And this team just uh, continues to hit. And real quick, before we get to, to the, the meat of the program, I got a Joe Buck thought. Because, once again, and this happens every time <laughs> that, you know, a, a big ser- a big baseball yeah. series happens at, at the Super Bowls on Fox or, you know, the big yeah. college football. Joe Buck hate is, is spread all over social media, Facebook, Twitter. And I was in that boat, too. 
But when I sat down to think about it, you know why I, I didn't like Joe Buck? Why? Because everyone told me I should have not liked Joe Buck. Well, and so, you know, when I, when I was listening, it's like, you know what? He's actually not bad, but I think I know what the problem is. What is it? He's on everything. I, I, you know, I that, think for me, so the, the, they're, they're playing this game last night. Uh-huh. You know, it's Wednesday night. F- Fox now has Thursday night football. He won't be there. He is going to oh, be, be there. He's going to be there. He's doing. Okay. I'm just like, dude. Okay. okay. How much Joe Buck do because, we need? Because usually, <laughs> usually when he goes to call the World Series, Troy Eggman gets another partner and continues yeah. to call the NFL. No, he, he was saying so, last so he's night, be there. he and Troy. It's just because that's, that's it's not, an off day. That's not where I'm founded at, and why I dislike Joe Buck. Okay. I dislike Joe Buck for his piousness and his his self righteousness. One of the things that irritated me the most about Joe Buck is when Randy Moss played for the Vikings and was playing Green Bay and he mimicked mooning the fans and he uttered but he didn't go into the tradition of those Green Bay fans that every time a bus leaves after playing them, they sit out there and show their bare bare tails through the bus. And he didn't pull his pants down. He just mimicked it. Oh, that's closer. Be quiet, Joe. Who are you to judge that? That's why I don't like Joe Buck. And that also another reason just like in last night's game, uh, you know, it, it's all, and I know that, Joe, you have no clue. You never play the game. You never. That's what the color analyst is for, to describe that action, why they do this, why they throw that pitch, and he's just guessing. It's not because he's a terrible announcer. He, he has a great style, but he's, he's elevated himself to this pious, Oh, that's not bad. Shut up. Nobody made you like Brian McCann. Nobody made you the guardian of baseball. <laughs> Shut up. You know, let him play. You know, it bat flips, whatever. Who cares? Bat flipping, showboating. If you get stuck in the air, so be it. But you, you don't have any right to, oh, that's classes. That's Bush League. Be quiet, Joe. Just be quiet. And I love uh, Troy Aikman when he calls him, calls football games with him because he'll put Joe in his place. He'll say, well, Joe, that's not right. That's not how that works. No Other color analysts won't do that. They'll let Joe's BS slide. I don't dislike him because everybody else dislikes him. If I'm going to hate you, I got my own reasons to hate you. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, my opinion, I think most of it is we all have a, a fondness and a love for our own team's broadcasters. And, and you know, I'm a Pat Hughes and uh-huh. a Lynn Casper yeah. fan because I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, th- those are my guys. I'm a Stacy King and Neil Funk fan because I'm a Bulls guy. Right. Those right. are my guys. Yeah. And you know when I watch these games on TV, they're on national TV. I'm not hearing my guys. I'm hearing Joe Flippin' Buck, yeah. and he's on every stinking thing yeah. Yeah. of importance that I want to hear my guys on. And yeah. so I, I think some hatred just stems no, from that. And then I think it's just it's too much Joe Buck. Too much Joe Buck. Like, yeah. well, like he's doing the football game, too? My <laughs> problem, though, is, is also his network. Uh, the whole series, the AL series, was on FS1 instead yeah. of and you pushed it out of the way for college basketball football you pushed it out of the way for NFL football I can understand but you know I don't think like that's on a Monday. way yeah, yeah. Or like, don't a, do yeah. That. like a Tuesday come on yeah come on man so yeah. so I, I I'm disappointed in Fox's greed of trying to show everything if you try to do everything you don't do anything right one thing right and, and that's why I'm not a big fan of Fox's baseball coverage. Uh, you only show regular season games for a stretch in June. It's not a regular weekly event for you guys. And now you show a non-sport wrestling. So pss, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, what is it that like all access whatever WWE it is. or whatever they yeah. show now? No. Um, so look, qu- quick question here. Mm-hmm. Let's say next year, mm-hmm. you know, they decide. You know, Fox has the World Series again, and Joe Buck is not going to be calling it. Right. Well, let's say they make an, an executive decision mm-hmm. that, you know, because of all this incredible hatred he gets on social right, media, right. Mm-hmm. that they're going to go a different route. Do you think that alone would improve ratings? No. 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 I think what would improve ratings is an earlier start time. Once no, again, I still agree with that. I didn't yeah. get to see the end of the ball game because I got to be here at 4 30 in the morning. Yeah, no. And so it's a seventh inning. And one key point you talked about earlier, we talked to each other during the game. Uh, Strasburg needed to go seven strong, and he, he, he got there. He, he, he kept it together. That's what was key for Washington. They're getting good runs out of their starting pitching. But on the other hand, I, I'm I'm out by the seventh eighth inning, and I the night before the first game I tried to stretch it out, and my Wednesday was a mess 
So it, it, it's the time frame uh, of when you start the games. I think it's also when you put the AL Divisional Series on FS1 and not on your regular network so everybody can see it, you're not drawing a big interest. You're not drawing that crowd. Some people are like, oh, I don't know anything about these Astros, you know. So it, 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 it's a several things Fox could do better with marketing of baseball. Don't let college football, especially Pac-10 football, bump baseball <laughs> off the off your network, man. Now, Saturday night, you should be showing a baseball game. Saturday afternoon during the summer, you should be showing a baseball game. It should be appointment TV. Why not on a Monday night during the summer? ABC used to do that. They had Monday night baseball. Make it appointment TV on the networks, and you'll grow your fan base. Start these playoff games earlier. Stop putting the early rounds on weird channels at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and and you'll grow your fan base. But Joe Buck is not the reason why ratings are down. It's it's a reason why I turned my volume down, but it's not the reason why (laughs) baseball ratings are down. Well, uh, I will say this. uh, Hello, Rodney, uh, chiming in today. Uh, He likes Joe Buck. That's cool. So, so, So I'm asking him the question, why do you think he has all the hatred? And I, I'm curious to see what Rodney has to say. So thanks for checking in with us today, Rodney. And I'm in full agreement with you. By yeah. the way, a conversation we had two weeks ago in the last podcast about you know the distribution of and the, the games and being on lesser channels, uh, my sling has FS1 back. Now. So whatever deal it was that wasn't in place by the when the World Series or mm-hmm. when the playoffs started, right. it's in place now, and I have FS1 back uh on my swing, so, so it was just it was just missing for that time period. Yeah, it was it like you know, like it, it was like you know it. the whole Viacom thing a while back. You know, we're, we're trying to get an agreement with whatever, and maybe they finally got it. And you they're know, able I'm a direct TV guy. And yeah, they have those little spats. I can start a football season. They were falling out with the uh, station locally here that runs our NBC affiliate. Yes, they got that cleaned up. It, uh, you'll never see Direct TV do what Suddenly did a couple of years ago, where. People in the city couldn't get Comedy Central and other channels for up to f- for five years. You couldn't get Nickelodeon on suddenly. So it, it, even though AT and T brought out Directv and things have changed, they're going to get you your programming, and uh, you you don't see that with your cable system. Sometimes they don't do that, and I didn't know it was just an issue of a contract with. Hulu. Well, well, I mean, I, I maybe it wasn't. Yeah. But, but but there was something that said this is a Fox channel. You don't have access to it right uh, now. But uh, I went to check it out the other day, uh, I think because I forgot I didn't have it, mm-hmm. and it was there. And then oh, it was wow. like, wait a minute, I have this now. That's cool. I forgot about Good that. Deal. Uh, Good Rodney replying says uh, he doesn't know why uh, all the hatred is there. He says he's always enjoyed them. Um, Raymond checking in, loves hey, the Ray. show. What's going on, Raven? Good Raymond. to see you today. Uh, had a lot. We're having a lot of fun here. Yeah, we're talking we some baseball. Let's uh, get to the meat. Let's get to the meat. I so, get to poke you and I right here. Got fun. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you, you think I wore out Joe yeah, Buck, yeah, wait yeah, till yeah, I get old, yeah, you yeah. boy. Well, I, 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 I'm taking enough of a beating on this. So uh, back at the end of February, before the season started, and the, the last couple years on this podcast, uh, David and I have done something like this. Uh, where we do a bold prediction yeah. show where we, we, you know, with some sort of education of baseball, try to predict something that maybe people aren't thinking about that's going to happen in yeah. the year 2019 based on just what we see in the offseason. And I, I gave you a few, David gave you a few, and now that the uh, 2019 season has come and, and mostly gone, we still got a few more, world, maybe only two more yeah. World Series yeah, maybe games so. uh, be. left. Uh, real quick, Rodney, who's a better announcer? I'll tell you who's not, Bob Costas. That's one I don't like. Bob, Bob Costas turns everything into a freaking TNT drama. Yeah, he, well, he turns everything into a Ken yeah. Burns documentary. It's like, oh, as uh, Joe Morgan comes to the plate, he wrote a letter to his sweetheart. I'm here at Vicksburg, dear. Three and two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It reminds Costas. me. Uh, it reminds me of the yeah. Yeah. of a springtime in 1934 yeah. when, when uh, Shoeless Joe yeah, Jackson yeah, stole yeah. my ice cream. But, but I think I think the big thing with, with that, just real quick again, is we have a fondness to our own guys. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, we a do. lot of Ranger fans, they're Eric Nadell fans. You know, Cowboy fans or Brad Champ fans, whether it's baseball, whatever. You're fans of your team's guy, and then you want to have that guy broadcast your game so you can hear them sharing the same excitement that you have when good things happen, but you got a neutral guy doing it yeah. instead on the yeah. national stage. Yeah. And it, it maybe, in your opinion, it kills the, the vibe. So for me, I like my local guys better than Joe Buck. But I just don't think Joe Buck is and warrants see, a, all the hate, and, and that's fine. When Everyone it comes has to football own. and baseball, I, I'm not a fan of the local announcer because I don't like the Homer feel. I, I don't like I don't listen to Brad Sham on Dallas Cowboy games because yeah, I just don't want to hear you slobbering all over your players and your yeah. team. Now, now there are some guys who are it, awful with that. Are that. Horrible. Uh, and, and the ones I like the most are the ones that I mean, of course they're they're going to show. Some sort of bias, or at least in terms of their emotions towards your own team, but at least, yeah. but you know, that's why I'm not a, I was not a Hawk Harrelson fan. Right, Hawk right. Harrelson yeah. was awful. Uh, yeah. White Sox broadcaster. Yeah, yeah it, I remember Hawk Harrelson. Well, yeah. If the White Sox were doing yeah. terribly, he just shut down and didn't give didn't, you anything. Nothing. Didn't bounce anything. He had there. like three or four cool, cool yeah. phrases that made him popular, but you know, and that's why I like the ones, you know, hey, this is my team, but you know what? If, if that other team does well, I'm going to acknowledge it, and I'm going to give you some information as to why they did well so we, we can learn about this game together. But, yeah, I want my team to win. So. I, and I tell you, I'll give you one, just one name that I always like to style, and I'll listen to this guy. You remember Chip Carey? Yeah, Chip Carey. Harry and, and uh, Skip's son. Uh, yeah. Harry's grandson. He, he, is, he, is he still the Braves? I think he's still with the Braves. I think he's Braves. still with the Braves. Yeah. I liked how that guy called it Braves. A baseball game. Matter of fact, I like how the TBS network. If anybody needs to carry baseball, I would rather see TBS do it. Well, their the, pregame they, they show they do a little bit, but I'm saying but, that yeah, all but, of them because their pregame yeah. show is better than Fox. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I don't care for Fox's broadcasting, but that's just me. So personal. Okay. Uh, want to hear your thoughts. We're getting some of you guys here chiming yeah. in on that. Thoughts on Joe Buck? Like him, hate him? Why do you think all the hatred? <laughs> Love to hear from you. Uh, David and I have a little bit of a different opinion on that, and oh, I'm curious to see which side you lean on with that. I one. hate him because he spent over a million dollars on hair plugs. Yeah, How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a Bold ball. prediction I'm sorry, recap. Uh, I'm going to start with my first one Go here that it. I had that was actually wrong before we hopped on the podcast because uh, they were doing some proposed rule changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we hopped on with that episode back in February, and one of the ones that got shot down was a pitch clock. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, and I was saying dead on arrival. That was dead on arrival, and it's going to be dead for a few years. Yeah. Apparently, they're going to bury that until at least 2022, I think. But I was wow. thinking we're going to have a pitch clock this year. I do too. Uh, the reason for it is because they're doing it at the minor league level now, and they've done it for a number of years. And so you got a lot of these young guys coming up who are used to it. It's not going to be as much of a shock to them if they have to play a ball game with a pitch clock. So it's not that big of a deal. And I think just like mound visits were, everyone overreacted to them. Mm-hmm. It turned out they weren't a big deal. Wasn't a big deal. This is going to be the same thing. We're going to do a pitch clock. Everyone's going to, you know, in March, you know, grow. blow steam and, and yeah. go nuts and boycott or whatever they you say grow. they're going to do because, you know, that's what they do. And then we're going to play the games only to find out that, you know what, I forgot that pitch clock was there. Was there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, our boy Rodney joined the podcast. Hey, Rodney, how you doing, brother? Feeling well, I hope. Uh, man, you know that we went here with the sod poodles, and we watched a lot of games this year. And and I actually had to say, where's the pitch clock at? You know, yeah, I, I, because it didn't. It wasn't like, oh, he better throw it. He better hurry. It's like the visits to the mound, like you said. Yeah. Everybody thought that was the end of the world in traditional baseball. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Several years ago, the minor leagues outlawed the use of tobacco by their players in dugout. Now, if you look, you see the older players still chewing and chawing, but a lot of these young kids are popping bubble gum. They don't. They got didn't get in that habit. Baseball evolves. The game evolves. We have to evolve. And I think the pitch clock would speed the game up just a hair. And, and that's one of the big knocks on baseball is that if you don't have four and a half hours to set aside for it, then, you know, you're not going to get the full experience. Now, and, and I've said this to a lot of people. Uh, we talk about this when we talk about Hodgetown. Uh, me and you will sit and count pitches. I can tell you when Uncle Charlie's coming. You can t- think what this batter's going to do. That's how we watch baseball. Most people don't. They, they're just, you know, they're casually glimmering over, and they want to see a great play, and they want to see the deep ball. 
And for those fans, we've got to speed that game up because that's the future of baseball. Well, I guess leading into that, Mm -hmm. speeding the game up, does the game need speeding up? How how did 2019 go? You're probably wondering, hey, we didn't do a pitch clock this year. We got these mound visits. Is the game going faster? Games were five minutes slower. Yeah, yeah. They were the longest of all time this year. The average game was three hours and ten minutes. Now, the average nine-inning game Mm -hmm. was three hours and five minutes. Last year, the average nine-inning game was three hours even. So games were nine or were five minutes slower this year. Yeah. So I was looking at it. This is according to baseball reference. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about when you're looking at this, you can see how many... Uh, batters are used per game, yeah. how many at-bats per game, right, how many right. pitchers are used mm-hmm. per game, pinch hitters, things like that. So, like, okay, if the game's going slower, one of these numbers is just going to jump Blow out up. at me. None of them did. Wow. The, the only one that was different was runs. Runs really went up. Yeah. And yeah, that's because yeah. home runs went up. Went up, And yeah. home runs slow a game down. Right. Because you got time. The to runners got to get around the bases. Yeah. That There's a little bit of a delay while that's taking place. So that probably slowed the game down a little bit, but nothing was put in place this year to counteract that, right. to try to speed it up. That's what a pitch clock would do. That's what it would do. But we don't need to worry about it for a while. Not a while. And it's been I, tabled. And I don't think, you know, whatever was going on with the ball this year, there was definitely something about it being a little it tighter. It was hot, it was, a, it, was a, it was a hot baseball. It was hot. I don't think that's changing. You know, if you look, you said the uh, home runs, of course, went up, the number of runs went up, but strikeouts went up. If you notice well, now, and strikeouts take time. Yeah, strikeouts yeah. take time. But now guys are working pitchers. Guys don't give up on bats because they're looking for that long ball. So you know it's it, it, it's a three two and a couple of foul balls and it, it's it's how the game is played and, and being short of putting a, a softball clock out there for timing. I, I can't see how you cut it back because guys are in the box longer. You know, you remember a couple of years ago when the big thing was if you step out of the box so much, yeah. we're going to yeah. – does anybody even remember that? Nobody ever talks about it. It's not no. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just the way the game is played. Guys are looking for that pitch to get that lift on. So they're going to take more pitches. They're going to swing at more bad pitches. And, and it's just the way of the game. And you can try these little fixes just like you showed. Doesn't guarantee it's going to work. Yep. So change it. My first bold prediction – Pitch clock in 2019? Wrong. Down. All right. In flames. All right, David. What was one of yours? My first one was uh, the new hot trend uh, of bullpenning. Bringing in your bullpen to start a game, using different pitchers, and getting to a a, a, a normal starter, if you want to say it, call it that, around the fourth, third, fourth, or fifth inning. Uh Tampa Bay was famous for it a year ago. They're the ones who kind of started the trend. Other teams jumped onto it. Matter of fact, the Yankees used it uh, uh, this year. And the irony of this whole thing, and Verlander said something about this in their last game uh, uh, in the American Championship League, that, wow, it's strange that uh, uh, the final game is going to go to, or or a game's going to be decided by bullpenning. Uh, More teams did it. Uh, Bruce Bochy of the Giants couldn't stand the idea, thought it was wrong, said he would have no part of it. Other guy, other managers have embraced it because, you know, back in the day, you'd have three or four guys who were 20-game winners. That's not the case anymore. And guys get wore out and beat up. It's a long season. And, and, and it's becoming a trend that is going to be here for a while. If you can, matter of fact, in this World Series, there's a potential that both teams will be bullpenning in Game 4. Now, unless Houston wins one, you you might see a different strategy by the Astros. They might push Cole up a little bit quicker or, or something like that. But if, if, if Houston wins Friday in Washington, Game uh, 5 might be a bullpenning game. If they draw even in Washington, the, the sixth game might be a, a bullpenning a game. So... It's a trend that some teams are following. Not every team is doing it because not every team has the bullpen to do it with. So Milwaukee's done it. Uh, it, it, It's something that we'll see for a while in Major League Baseball because there are a lack of strong arms in the league. Well, I'm looking at a a Fangraphs blog right now. Uh, 
The gradual spread of the opener. This was put up by uh, Jeff Sullivan. Oh, this was uh, last year, uh, uh-huh. September of 2018. So I need, I need to find something updated. But you can see uh, he put a graph together of pitchers, starting pitchers, who did not go more than 40 pitches, which is what an opener is. You know, they're out there for an inning, maybe two. They're, maybe not gonna, two. they're not going to throw 40 pitches right. because you're going to go to the next yeah. guy. And from about 2015 going forward, it is definitely going up. Now, to determine whether your prediction of it being more widespread is true, I would need to see a graph to show what it looked like in 2019, which I don't see. Yeah. But uh, you include the Tampa Bay Rays, it really goes up. Really goes they're, up. They're the they're ones the that really do it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they have a graph as well, not including the Tampa Bay Rays in this uh, article. Mm-hmm. And it is going up with that as going well. Up. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to say on your prediction there, jury's still out. Because I I need a little more I need to find something else to see if it, if it's taking case we're gonna go we're gonna go sideways go sideways, sideways thumb on that sorry hey Brad I'm George your face good to there. see you love how you give him hell on Facebook yeah. way to go man <laughs> okay well my second one kind of piggied off of yours yeah. a little bit but yeah. but but mine's a little easier to figure out because I put a specific number on it but uh, the last time a pitcher in Major League Baseball had forty starts I think was Charlie Huff back wow. in like eighty nine. And he did it with the uh, Texas Rangers. So my prediction, my original one, was someone in the MLB this year is going to amass 40 games started. And then you pressured me because uh, because you're a bully. Yes, and I, I am. Yes, and, yes, and, I, and am. I And I said 50 games. Be man. Uh, if you're going to go, now, do now, it. Now, Be now big. The, <laughs> now, the reason I did that was because of this whole opener thing. Yeah. And I was looking specifically at Ryan Stanek in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he was doing this quite a bit last year. Outside of Blake Snell and you know the newly acquired Charlie Morton right. and Tyler Glass now, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought they were going to do a lot of these bullpenning opener type games, and and Stanek would be the guy that they use more often than not, and he would easily amass at least forty starts. Right, right. Didn't do that. Nah. Uh, this season there was a seven way tie at the top for games started with thirty four for all of them, uh, and they were all legit. Starting right, pitchers. Right. So your legit starters still started more than anyone else. Now Tampa Bay still did the opener quite a bit, but yeah. it wasn't always Stanek right. doing it. So that's part of the part of the they reason why he, he yeah. didn't get it. Uh, but he still had about twenty seven games started this year with like sixty innings pitched. So right. you can see that he was being used as as an opener, just wasn't used all, the time, all the time. Like yeah. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So my prediction of someone being a 40-game started pitcher this year for the first time in 30 years was wrong. Over uh, two. And uh. you know, it's sort of sad coming up and watching baseball in the 70s way I did, where you had Steve Carlton and the Nolan Ryans and the Jim Palmers. And these guys, that was, that was a walk in the park, 20, 25, 30 starts. It was no big deal. Uh, but they didn't use the bullpen like they did, like they do today. The bullpen was honestly a two or three inning job. You only had three or four arms out there. Most teams used to run the same reliever out there every game, you know. And uh, now you have a middle reliever, and you got lefty righty matchups, and it's going to be tough to see a, a, some guy amass that as a start. We talked to a young man at uh, when Hodgetown, before the season started, we went to press day and talked to a young pick, pitcher and asked about his health in his arm. And he said, well, you know, he had had Tommy John surgery, but it's like the rite of passage in baseball now. It's just a, it's like getting your tonsils taken out. It's not a big I mean, pretty much every young person somewhere along <laughs> the series will end up having that surgery. Uh, it, it's just it's hard. If you watch some of those slow-mo plays of, of the series right now and the torque and the twist they, they're putting on that ball to throw those sliders, those curves, your arm's not made to work that no. way. And it's hard on the body, the travel you have to go to, through too, and the recovery time, it, that that's just going to be a tough road to hold from, I think, here on out in baseball about uh, you know a, a workhorse who's going to give you seven and a half, eight strong innings every day. That's going to become rare and rare because uh, you know this, the bodies are fragile and fragile. The hitters are getting viciouser and viciouser, and you know the live ball, the ball's juice. You know it, it, it's a different game, so it, it, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to see a guy run out thirty, forty times on a mound. Right. What's your next one? My next Skip one. Skip the good one. 
Skip to the good one? No, skip the good one. We'll okay. save that for the end. Go, go right. to another one here. My other one is uh, the Rookie of the Year contest. Okay. Uh, I had Eloy Jimenez, left fielder for the White Sox, uh, beating Vlad Guerrero for the uh, Rookie of the Year. If we look at some things side by side, uh, Eloy had a 1.4 war, had 468 at-bats, 125 hits, 31 home runs, batted two fifty seven. 79 RBIs, a OBP of 315, slug 513, OPS of 828. You look at Vlad, he had a 2.1 war, 464 at bat, 126 hits, 15 home runs, an average of 272, scored 52 runs, 69 RBIs, a OBP of 339, and OPS of 772. So really, they're almost... In some categories, just right there, paralleling. I think if you want to, I don't. I don't know if either one of them is going to get rookie of the year. Uh, no, I'll tell you right now, neither one is. Yeah, gonna, I don't it's, think it's, one. it's Jordan Alvarez. It, that's it. It's that's hands it. Down. That's it. That's a that's that's a gimme. You're right. But if 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 it's between the two, if you made me say, well, who who is? I lost this one because Vlad had a bigger impact on his team. He had a bigger impact on Toronto. Uh, those young kids, the the player sons, BGO, Michelle, and him coming up gave Toronto a little energy. When he came up uh, in early May uh, or late May, rather, boy, that you would have thought it was the second coming of of of, of, uh, of Babe Ruth. I mean, media was <laughs> all over him. They showed Toronto on MLB Network probably the first two months of the season more than they have in the last ten years since Cito Gaston ran the team. So, because of that fact, I think Vlad the Destroyer edges out and makes my prediction of Eloy being a, a rookie of the year not so well because Vlad impacted that team. He changed the, the whole, it was a media circus, whether it was warranted or not. People wanted to see this kid play the game. Well, yours was wrong, wrong, wrong. and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna jump into mine because it, it ties into that. It's right. still talking about Vlad Guerrero Jr. I had him being a top three MVP candidate. Yeah. Bold. That's what we did. Bold. We that's bold. what we do. That's what um, we do. And, and my reasoning for that was you got a Blue Jays team that's not very good. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they were going to get this Vlad Guerrero guy, and if they were to find a way to just compete, like mm-hmm. finish. Third, you yes, know, yeah. maybe approach yeah. ninety wins. There you go. If they were to do that, it was going to be because of what Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yeah. was doing. Now the Blue Jays didn't do that. No. Uh, Guerrero got off to a pretty slow mm-hmm. start. Yeah. Uh, but eventually got into a rhythm, yes, did. d- didn't put up the crazy type numbers he did in the minor leagues. Uh, but then you got to see uh, Kevin Biggio yes, come up. Yeah. You got to see Bo Bichette come yeah. up. And the Blue Jays started to play a little they bit better. better. You know, they, they started were, playing better. They were looking like a 100-loss yeah. team. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose 100 games. No. They, they were playing a bit better. The, the, they got a lot of excitement up yeah. there around that young offense. Yes. I think Guerrero's still going to be a stud. He's, He's still a very a young guy. And he ended up putting together... A decent, decent year. Season. Not a bad season. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, uh, he's not going to be no, top gonna three be, MVP. He's not, uh, not even going to get a vote for no, the MVP. No. And uh, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year because no. it's going to be Alvarez. Uh, be walking down. away. Walking away. I-, I was looking at what Jordan Alvarez did uh, this year. So, of course, he started in the minors right. mm-hmm. this year. He, mm-hmm. he had a, roughly an even split. split. Yeah. You know, about half the games in AAA, half at the major league level. He had 50 homers this year. Wow. He drove in 140. Combined, that's nice. You know, that and, is he, nice. and he hit three forty something in the minors. He hit three thirteen at the MLB level. What a year he's put together. He struggled a bit this yeah. postseason. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, part of the reason right. why the Astros are maybe looking Mentally, to, yeah. to yeah. bow but out of the came, World when Series. When he jumped in, man, he man, made he a just big took off. He, he was like an RBI a game. Boom. I mean, he was Boom. just he was putting up crazy numbers. And you know, you can't speak to this because he, and Jimenez is going to be a great player for the Sox. Because all the spotlight at the start of the season were on Vlad, were on him, Jimenez, he slid up under the radar. You know, if I'm going to the mound and all of you've been talking about for a week is this kid Vlad, I'm I, I, you, you damn right I'm going to bear down on him. You know, I'm not going to be the guy who gives up the sugar to him. That sometimes adds unwanted pressure, unwanted spotlight. So coming in on the radar, coming out of the minors. Like you said, almost a 50-50 split between. He kind of stuck up on people. 
And and what a season that he deserves it. Oh, and, and then he he had you know limited pressure because yes. you got you know Springer, Springer and Correa and, and, and Bregman yeah, and Altuve yeah, and these guys yeah. can protect you. Whereas Vlad has to be the guy. He's the guy. You know he's, he's the he's man. Batting number two, number three in the order. Now Alvarez ended up moving up in the order right. because he's you know he's a you know, putting up video game numbers. Yeah, yeah he's a monster. Uh, yeah, but, but he's going to be a rookie of the year. You know that's a, you're hundred percent right. If it's bobblehead night. Six nights out of that week is going to be Vlad in Toronto. Yeah. You know, that's the guy they want to see at the start of the season. Houston, it's a whole different world. So yeah. you're you're right on that. So that so, one is wrong. Vlad is not top three in the MVP. Uh, he's not even top 30 yeah. in the MVP. Yeah. That one didn't work we out very well. We don't sound well. too bright right okay. now, do we? Well, we had, you, we had, well, you, you, you want me to sound even yeah. even dumber. Let's go. Let's see. I, well, let, I let's dare listen, you. Let's you listen know, to this one. Hold my beer. Now, now, now before you, you mock <laughs> no, me, you, do, yeah, you, do. you kind of agreed with me on this. I Maybe did. not to the degree that I said. Yes. But, uh, Back before spring training got yes. started, Clayton Kershaw was having some dead arm type issues. I was all and, over this and, with you. And, 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 and I was like, this is yeah. scary stuff. This is a guy yeah. that has a lot of injury problems. Every year. And before this year even is even getting going, he's got dead arm issues. He's got fatigue. He's got whatever. It's like, oh my goodness. This isn't Already. good. This, this was isn't in, good. This was in this March. Is in February. Yeah, in February. Yeah, we're kicking dirt on him. So, so my, my prediction was Clayton Kershaw was not going to amass 100 innings pitched this year for the first time in a full Major League season in his career. And because of that... Oh, this is stupid. I've been saying, put the rest on it. Put up, let all the hurt out. I the I had the Rockies <laughs> winning their first ever division title. Man, I sound like an idiot. Uh, so first of all, Kershaw ended up pitching 178 innings. So he had a you know not 200. Didn't yeah. have the fullest of seasons. Yeah. He had yeah. 28 starts, so not you know the 30 plus. So he missed a, a one here, one there, but right. pretty much he pitched a full, a full year, year, a 303 ERA, 16 and five. Had a good year. You know, I mean, he he was kind of overshadowed a bit by Ryu, who had a mm-hmm. monster yep. year on, on their yep. team. Uh, Walker Bueller's turning Bueller, into a stud. Bueller. They got a good rotation, but Kershaw Bueller. was right in the middle of it. And, of course, the Dodgers go on to win 107 games, looking like the clear runaway favorite in the National League. And so <coughs> I was wrong on that one, but was really wrong on the team that I thought was going to come up and overtake them for the division – because the Rockies fell off a cliff, they fell off the Rockies. Yeah, you know, they, they, they went to they went to the top of one of those mountains and just jumped off. I'm going to play politician on this one. Okay, on this because I did co-sign on this with you. <laughs> I did co-sign this on you, but I'm going to play politician. Okay, I blame this on Lance. <laughs> Lance Lonard made us take his rock. No, I thought the Rockies were going to be smoking. They came out of last year. Uh, they were winning on the road. They were winning at home. The only thing you worried about they was pitched. Their, yeah, they pitched. You worried a little bit about their bullpen, but man, they came out from the gate and stumbled and never regained their composure. Never. No. Now they had some streaks where they 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 put together some wins, but but let's be honest, L.A. They, they ran this town. They, 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 they ran post the town, to post, man. Bellinger had a monster season, man, monster year, and, and kind of and helped carry that offense. Yeah. And then the pitching staff was just amazing, amazing. And, and we were so, dead wrong. And the Dodgers won their, I think it was their dead seventh wrong. division title in a row. The Rockies uh, ended up finishing fourth, seventy-one and ninety-one. The starting rotation, which I thought was going to be their strength, ended yeah. up being not good at all. In fact. A Cy Young candidate when the year started ended up spending a good chunk of time in the minors, not because of rehab, but because he wasn't good. We you know? kicked dirt on Arizona saying, well, Goldschmidt's gone, so yeah. they're lost cause. And, and they, they play yeah, good baseball. They play good baseball. Yeah, so we were, yeah, I, I have to co-sign that one. I'm not going to leave you out in the rain on that one, man. Well, I, I, I was I, right there with you. I do it's, appreciate it. It's that. February, and and what do we hear going into to March in the spring training? That he's not even throwing sessions. He, he his arm's dead. He's having major issues. I thought, oh, Kershaw's gone, man. This is this is the beginning of the end. And but but wrong. in the end, the Dodgers win 107 games. They go to the playoffs, and the Rockies went the complete opposite direction, almost finishing last place. So Lance that prediction Lonner, of mine, your fault, Lance. It's Lance's fault, and that prediction was wrong. And, and I just out of uh, being honorable, I'm gonna. Tag on to that because I was right there co-driving yeah. on that yeah. wreck. So. Now, now, now you got one more. I got one more. But we're going to save yours. Okay. Because because right. uh, we actually have one that was dead on correct yeah. here. 
but my final one uh, was all teams in the NL Central mm. are going to finish at or above 500. And the reason I, I thought this, uh, well, of course, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Brewers, I thought were all going to be above 500. Those are the teams that were competing for the postseason, and they all did finish above 500, the, albeit the Cubs tried to not finish that way in September. Uh, yeah. um, what, they I, lose eight of the last? No, oh, it was it was disgusting. Yeah. But uh, I liked the Reds mm-hmm. and the Pirates. And, and the funny thing is I liked them for reasons opposite of what they really did this year. Right. I was a big fan of that Reds offense. Wow. I was like, if they can just get someone to pitch, wow. and, they, and they, they got Tanner Roark, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they got Sunny, they got Sunny Gray, yeah, uh, Luis Castillo, yeah. I thought they had a good rotation. I thought they had a couple of good back end pieces for you know the winning bullpen, you know, mm-hmm. with Garrett and uh, I'm I just blanked on the closer's name right now. Uh, I thought they were going to get it done with you know a little bit better pitching and plenty of offense because that's what they've done in the past. Well, you know what? The pitching was really good. They were a top ten yeah, team in ERA. Yeah. Pitching in the Great American Ballpark, a very hitter friendly park. They were great offensively. Bottom ten. What happened to that offense? You know, and I'm looking at this team all year long, and I even put it's a post. Hurt. I even put a post on Twitter about it a while back. I was like. How is this team not yeah. above five? Yeah. Like I can't figure it out. Like I'm looking at what they're doing. Eugenio Suarez had a monster yeah. season. Yeah, you know Puig had an all right year for them. When he showed up, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like what you know. What Nick Sincel comes up. He's yeah. doing a good job as a rookie, and the pitchers doing like why? Why are they struggling? I, I'm I could you, not figure I'm it tell out. Tell you one reason why. Okay, the professional hitter on the team didn't have a good year. He did not. Joey Votto he did, not. did not have a Joey Votto season. Now, I mean, this guy's a professional hitter. Let's be honest. That's what he's did his whole career. He puts the ball in play, and it just didn't happen for him this year, and, and everything just kind of fell along the wayside. Like I said, it did the exact opposite of what we both thought. I thought, okay, they're going to knock the crap out of the ball, but can they keep the ball in the park when they're on the mound? They did a not too bad of a job doing that. Yeah, it's just you can't. You got to score runs yep. in today's game. Yep, you have to. There's no more two to zero victories. Those are hard pressed. Uh, I will give the Reds credit though. When they want to be a thorn in somebody's side, they can, and they are always stuck in Chicago's side. the The Cubs. These are games the Cubs should have won, could have won. They were on streaks in places and. Cincinnati would either come into Wrigley or they'd go to the Great America and they'd get it put on them by the Reds. And and that's their, that was the Cubs' kryptonite right there was Cincinnati Reds. That's the only time they perform well, it seemed like, is when they were playing the Cubs. So, yeah, that 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 was a shock to me. I yeah. thought Cincinnati, I thought that whole division, I knew Pittsburgh was going to have some problems, but I didn't think they, you know. Well, well and speaking of Pittsburgh, I, I thought they were going to be a 500 team too. because – of pitching. Pitching. I thought they had a very pitching. underrated pitching yeah. staff. I thought they had an underrated bullpen. Mm-hmm. I thought the starters are going to perform well. Jamison Tyon was getting better. Chris right. Archer was going to bounce back. Yeah. Starters were terrible. Right. You know, the pitching Horrible. was awful, and the offense did, did about what I thought, which was not all that great. No, I thought it was going to be a, a pitching-heavy team. Right. Josh Bell had a monster year. Yeah, he did. But, yeah, uh, that was only bright, one but, of the only bright spots but there. Pittsburgh's pitching <sighs> let them down. Cincinnati's offense let them down. Both those teams did not finish at mm-hmm. or above 500. So right. my prediction of all five NL Central Whoa. teams finishing at or above 500, wrong. Uh. So that means I was 0 for 5 uh. on all of my bold predictions. I'm going to take this piece of paper, crumple it up, throw it, throw it across the way. One, one other thing I noticed. Um, I was looking at the team ERAs, going back to the Rockies right. real quick. Uh, so last year the Rockies had like a mid fours ERA. Mm-hmm. There was only one team in all of baseball last year that had a team ERA above five. It was the Baltimore Orioles, who had a one of the worst seasons you've ever seen. Again, this year seven teams had an ERA above five. Seven. Wow, that shows where the game's going. Hey, where it's going, and it's, and it's, you know runs per game was uh, above nine. Yeah, combined. Yes. I yeah. mean, it, it's it's a different ball game. Now. How many football scores did we see in games? Twenty-two to you know, it, it, it was not uncommon, and that's to do to a lack of good arms and everybody swinging for the fences. Real quick, I'm going to recap something here real quick, and we'll get to my final one. 
we talked about Cincinnati being a disappointment, Colorado being a disappointment. You got to say Baltimore lost 108 games. We knew that was coming. The Tigers 114, saw that coming. I did think the Mariners were going to be better than what they were. I did too. Losing 94. Yeah. I, that, that, that one I'll, I'll, I'll co-sign on. Then we flip it around. Uh, the Marlins, we knew they were going to lose that many. Like I said, we didn't think the Padres were going to be there. I was an idiot, and I said the Padres were going to make the playoffs. They ended up losing 92 games and falling after the All-Star game out. Yep, that, was, that was one you got. Yeah, yeah, a lot of injuries, you know, uh, Tatis and, and some pitching issues. Uh, and, of course, it got their manager asked to leave, and we're waiting to see what they get to come back. Uh, but the Padres didn't have the season. That would probably be my most disappointing thing is the Padres season. But, but but we're gonna we're gonna end the show on on one of the ones on that we got note. correct and, and I went back and listened to this the the way you worded it you hit it dead on go for it and it's a bold one too here it is all right I predicted that in the American League East that and th- and this probably is not a big deal we all knew this was gonna come in the American League East the Yankees were gonna win the division. Well, well, n- I disagree. That's why this is bold, because yeah. I think this other team was, it was about 50-50. People thought it, they were going to win it as well. I said the Tampa Bay Rays were going to be the wild card team because the Red Sox were not even going to make the playoffs. I said at the beginning of the year, Tampa Bay would beat out Boston for second place in that division and grab a wild card spot. Red Sox would not repeat as world champions. They wouldn't even be in the contest. They weren't even going to get a chance to repeat. And a lot of people said, man, you don't know what you're talking about. They, they had Mookie, you know. Uh, yeah, Martinez. Martinez. You had, the you pitching Bogarts, You got Devers. You got all, you got and, all these guys. And you got Prizehead. He finally threw the jinx of the, of the playoffs off of him. But, boy, I could just feel that World Series hangover hanging on the socks like you wouldn't believe. And, and it and, – at one point, he had some decent starts, but Chris Sale never got traction this year. He had, not arguably, he had the worst year of his never career. Never got to, and let's, we know that he fades. He was had a tendency to fade in August. You know, late August, he had always had some arm issues. His fastball had no pop. His breaking ball didn't break. Price, they put him on the shelf. You know. Before the season's over, because he was ineffective. No bullpen for the Sox. And, you know, uh, Mookie had a good year. He probably could be considered MVP. He, he will be considered. He will be. Yeah. And J.D. had a so-so year. Uh, but just overall, I saw it coming. They weren't ready. They, and I think what it is, what a little bit of what it, what it had to do with, is when you had Big Poppy and those guys there, they pushed. They made sure everybody put the work in, work hard every game. You don't have that figure on that team. And so I, I just, it was in my bones that the Sox were not going to make the playoffs. They were going to come off that, that monstrous historic year of 2018 and fall flat. And they did. Like a blind squirrel looking for nuts. Every once in a while you find one. And, and look at that. We are we are one for ten. There David, we go. we'll give David here on Facebook Live a big we got old a one thumbs for 10. up. Well, you so, know, one and, and for that, ten. That was a good one too. One I mean, for ten batting average. You what bat uh, third or fourth for the Orioles? Yeah, if you, yeah right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and the yeah. funny thing was they were like you know eight games better. Yes, you know, and then yes. they're still as you know yeah. as bad as they were. And they had, they won eighty four games. Don't get me wrong. It, it was like, but when you came off that historic season of two thousand eighteen. Uh, they just kind of let up, and it was it, my main concern was pitching. I just didn't have confidence in Sale. I, I projected the same thing I projected on Kershaw onto Boston. Uh, Kershaw beat me up about it and proved me wrong. Boston gave me the sugar, and they did. They did what I said they'd do. Pitching was bad. Uh, no timely hitting um, and losing close games. You, me and you talk about this. If you're losing close games and April, early May, they come back to get you. Yep. 
They come and, back and to Boston get you. got off to a pretty slow start. Slow start. They, they, they were fighting uphill the entire the whole season. season. The so. Yankees mm-hmm. took them in. As a matter of fact, it, it was a conversation where the Rays going to catch the Yankees for the division. Yeah, for a while. For a while. The Rays were so, rolling. So. I, I predicted the Rays. I liked their momentum coming out of 2018. Uh, they were, you know, not considered, but they were right there. They were a solid third at 18, and so I'm right. <laughs> That's so, all I gotta say. I'm right, and you let's, know what time is it? What, uh, let's mark yeah, this date. Uh, we're we're gonna wrap things yeah. up on that note. Uh, <laughs> we, we've gone quite a while today, yeah. and hopefully, uh, for all you joining on Facebook Live, hopefully Thank you, you had a good time uh, hanging out Appreciate with us you. today. Uh, Thanks to Tony Enzer, mm-hmm. again, uh, for uh, talking to us a little bit yesterday about yeah. that big announcement. Once again, the All-Star Game is going to be here in Amarillo next yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, if you want some early on All-Star gear for you on Facebook Live, go. I got a shirt yesterday. And the cool thing is they got a Tex Randall yeah, uh, in the logo, in the logo. and yeah. like you know, because the colors are perfect no, for it. Perfect. And so yeah. like the, it looks mm-hmm. really good. Represent uh, my you, hometown, baby. Yeah, you can find those in the team store. Tom, I, I got one thing to say though. Okay, I, yeah, baseball will never work that <laughs> People are going. I don't know what you're doing. Is, is that not going to work? Is that a bold prediction? That's uh, not a bold. No. prediction. <laughs> That's an idiotic prediction. Hey, Tom, tell them about our giveaway. We man. are doing a giveaway. Yes, lots and, and lots. Uh, we're giving away. Uh, at this point, it is a near complete. Yeah. I am going to work on making we'll a, a complete yeah. set of the Texas Rangers mm-hmm. top moments in Globe Life Park bobbleheads. Every one. Uh, there are nine of them. Nine of them. And uh, one person all is going to win all nine of them. And uh, I'm giving you chances to qualify mm-hmm. for that throughout mm-hmm. the week. Yep. How you do that, follow us on Facebook, Tom Talks Baseball Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at TomTalksBBP. Uh, when you see a question or a poll, I'm going to put on there, hey, this is a qualifying deal. I'm going to ask you for something to do, whether it be sharing this or retweeting that or answering this or tagging, whatever. You do that. Whatever your answer is, it's, it's an entry in there. And you can do it multiple times. You can do it on Facebook and Twitter. Double your entries. There you go. It Do- doesn't matter how you do it. And then at some point before the, the holiday season gets here, before uh, December, before Christmas and all that, one person's going to win this set there you go. of top moments in Global Life Park bobbleheads. And it's going to be a great holiday gift for somebody. It's going to be a great gift for you. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to announce the winner on the podcast. You have right. to listen to the podcast. To the podcast. That's the catch. Hopefully that's not too much of a chore. There you go. Uh, hey, Tom, let me do this since I got my prediction right. Pin flip. Pin flip. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out uh, the podcast today. Thank you, David, as Thank always, you, Tom. man. Always another, another fun show. Got to go see Hodgetown yesterday. Still beautiful park, man. Great place for baseball. Great place in uh, uh, April 9th. April 9th. We got games back. Yes, this sir. has been the Tom Talks Baseball Podcast on KGNCNewsNow.com. I'm Tom Young. I'm David Lovejoy. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of the World Series, whoever you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. Baseball is winding down. It's reaching its climax. And a lot of excitement still to go. Let's go.